Welcome to Pretty Pitches. I'm Paige Feichert. And I'm Aaliyah Williams. And what's up, Aaliyah? I don't know. What are you doing? Wiping my hands. Because <laughs> what are we doing tonight? We're having a spa night. A spa and night. I just put on four different masks on the same time. <laughs> a lip mask, a face mask, a hand mask, and a feet mask. Okay. What was your favorite? Uh, the lip mask. Yeah, there's nothing like self-care, right? Yeah, with those crusty, musty, dusty lips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I got my hands full with this one. So, um, Aaliyah, you play a lot of sports, don't you? Yeah. What do you play? I play softball, basketball, and soccer. So, do you feel like you're going to have to pick one one day? I could play all, but that would be a busy schedule. Yeah, it would. But you could do it, right? Yes. Have you ever thought about cheerleading? Sometimes. What do you think about cheerleading? What do you think? It's a maybe. Well, what do you think about it? Like, what do you think about the sport in general? Um, do you think it looks hard? Yes. Do you think it looks fun? Do you think you would have a lot of friends if you like with the cheer squad? Like how you do with your team? Mm, maybe. <laughs> I haven't tried it, so I don't know. Well, today's episode, we talk about cheerleading, but we also talk about so much more. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, like what other sports? Well, our guest today, she not only was a cheerleader, she also played soccer in college, something you can relate to, right? Mm -hmm. But then she coached soccer, and she did a bunch of other things. Okay, as an aside, you should see her hair right now, Leah. <laughs> Have you seen I, it? I, I'm going to go see. <laughs> okay, so if you haven't ah. seen, my daughter has some pretty incredible hair. And I pulled up half of it on top of her head for the face mask, and she's giving Tina Turner vibes right now. I can see it. Why did you do this? I think it's cute. I said why. A question. A mystery. It's a hot mess over here, as it always is every week when we record this intro. But today's episode is all about badass women supporting other women and just pretty much following your dreams and just not be not backing down not letting fear take you take over um and it was i was so inspired after doing this interview like i truly was so inspired and i'm super grateful for it so i hope you guys enjoy it um and without further ado, this week's episode of Pretty Pitches. Today's guest really can do it all. She's an Emmy and Kansas Association of Broadcasters award-winning journalist for her work highlighting events and small businesses in central Kansas. But before becoming a journalist, she be played soccer at the University of Northern Iowa. From there, she joined the Kansas City Chiefs organization as a member of the cheer squad. Jillian Carroll, welcome to Pretty Pitches. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Yeah. So, okay. I have so many questions for you. <laughs> um, well, let's just start at the beginning. So you're a soccer player. Were you, did you grow up playing soccer? Yeah, I did. So I come from a big family, uh, five kids, three brothers, and all three played sports. I actually played tackle football when I was young because I wanted to be like my brothers so badly, but I played every sport under the sun, uh, but quickly found soccer to be my favorite. And so by the time I was probably early, early middle school, I had my eyes and my sights set on playing division one soccer on a scholarship. I had amazing people around me that put these thoughts into my mind like hey that could happen for you and I like clung on to that goal and worked as hard as I could uh to get there and had some incredible memories you know making memories excuse me um through high school and through some youth soccer and found my way there but it's my love it's my number one and and I still coach today so it's definitely still a huge part of my life yeah that's awesome so 
what tell me a little bit about your experiences at so you went to you and i you're originally from kansas city right correct well originally from new york uh our family migrated my father was military for a while but when he went corporate they moved us to new york he worked for sprint and so um the headquarters are relocated there so i grew up in kansas city home is really new york because i believe home is where your family is um but i grew up in kansas city so played there and that's where i really like evolved as a player Okay, cool. So going to you and I, I mean, you're yeah. away from home. It's, I guess it's not terribly far, but still it's a ways and it's a brand new com- kind of out in the middle of nowhere, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's cool. It was, it was different for me. It's, I, I had never been anywhere that I really didn't even know one person. <laughs> so yeah. It was experience. Yeah. So tell me about that experience as a soccer player in college. Like, was there ever, I mean, did you face any any challenges? I, I, I guess what are some of your accomplishments? Tell me about that. I didn't even know that about you until <laughs> I saw you were coaching and I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, I have like many different hats, um, which I'm proud of. And it's just a bouncing act, really. But they all kind of share a common goal, I think, or a, I guess commonalities as far as like the person who wears them. <laughs> but um, no, Division One soccer, just and really, to be honest, college soccer. So taking your game to that next level. Um, yeah, it's going to be different demanding, um, different demands based on the level you play. But any athlete who takes their game post high school to me is it's so cool, you know, um, and it was an, a, a very like difficult experience for me because I am like a team person. I've like I just said, you know, five kids, big family of seven, um, always played team sports, never once in my life played any individual sports. And so I rely heavily on support systems and people around me. And so when I got to you and I, I got to Cedar Falls, Iowa, I didn't have that yet. And granted, you know, you're thrown into preseason and you meet your teammates and you kind of all become family immediately. But for me, I struggled with that. I was five hours away from home. Um, you know, all my teammates and I would say most of my high school friends, um, they had, they went to college with at least, you know, a crew of people, whether it was KU, K-State, I went to Catholic school. So a lot of people went to, uh, St. Louis university. There were like clicks that went, you know what I mean? But a couple of us who wanted to play, you know, college ball, that's a sacrifice you make, you know, and, and, and I was really blessed again with parents who had really, really high expectations of me. Um, and so I was expected to, you know, find a place where I would also love it, love life as a college student, um, if soccer was not in the equation. And so, I mean, that's difficult because I'm this yeah. kid who wants a division one scholarship. And then my parents are like, okay, well, you know, the other side of college, really the first side is yeah. academics. Um, but it was difficult for me initially. I was different. I was like this city-esque person in the middle of Iowa. So it was different. Um, I was used to an urban setting. I was used to um, just a little bit faster pace with everything, but you know, I, I, I would like to think I'm fairly adaptable. And um, although I did struggle initially, I was really blessed with some incredible teammates. Uh, and you and I has fantastic athletics across the board. So, you know, you think about your support systems, um, student support advocates, you know, counselors, et cetera. So, um, so it, it, it got there eventually, but I was, I remember my sophomore year, I almost transferred. I looked at other schools. Um, so it was difficult, but again, it's one of those things where if you have the right people around you and you have the desire to whatever your goal is, uh, to get there and get it done, I think you can do it. But like you mentioned, like there are challenges in everything. So mm-hmm. it was a lot, but again, four years that I'm so proud of, um, you know, we, we were in the Missouri Valley conference, which, um, has changed quite a bit since I've been gone, but we had really four great years. Um, my first year, I think we, we were, we were in our third year as a program. And so I think my first year was the first year we had like 10 wins, for example. So, I mean, that was like big for us, you know, we were young, um, but it was cool. We made it to the conference the next three years. We never made conference championships, but we made it to the tournament. Um, and so it was cool. It was very cool. And, you know, doing that while juggling your academic career, um, that's something I'm proud of. It was, it was pretty cool and uh, still feel some love for the Panthers. So I'm grateful. 
Yeah, for sure. And now you're in Shocker Country, which I guess we're not part of the valley anymore. But not any longer. It was always so funny too when I first got here. You know, I've been here a couple of years now. I'm like, yeah, I went to you and I, but like I played soccer. Like you guys don't have soccer, so it's cool, right? Like, and people have been receptive, so it's been good. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you yeah. think maybe some of that, like adapting to your environment at you and I? And you even mentioned moving a little bit too when you were younger. Do you think that that you've carried that over into your adulthood and your professional career? Oh yeah, yeah. So to be honest, um, and my professional career is a little bit. Uh, I feel really blessed because I feel like I have kind of like two. <laughs> but I went to school to be a teacher, and so that was a large part of between soccer and teaching. That was a large reason why I chose you and I. Uh, it was formerly a teacher's college. So the academic program was nationally renowned. And so that was a big part for me. So, um, but, and now what I do, obviously in TV, hosting, reporting, anchoring, et cetera, you have to be able to relate to people. And for me personally, what you just mentioned, I've faced some adversity as far as um, challenges and as far as new environments and being thrown in and having to kind of think quickly on your feet. Um, you know, when I got to school and I didn't know literally a person, I knew my, I'm sorry, I knew my coach and my assistant coach, <laughs> um, but not a single person my age, you know, my, like my peers, yeah. um, that's tough. And so being an athlete placed in positions where, you know, you kind of just have to mix in um, and have those characteristics that allow people to feel comfortable around you and allow you know you have a desire to get to know others those characteristics I think I probably developed in sport carried directly over to teaching you know educating mm -hmm. children having to build trust with people and also in in journalism as far as reporting allowing people to feel trust in me that I can share their story, you know, and relating to people, I absolutely see those characteristics, characteristics transferring over and helping me be successful today. And I'm so grateful for them yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. I think there's something to be said about, especially going away for college too. And I mean, really going to college regardless, but going away, it's like, I mean, you're like 18 and you're like, got to figure it out. You know, I never went grocery shopping by myself. So got to figure it out, you know? So yeah. cool. I mean, and just everything too, like boys and everything, you know, like all of a sudden, like here you are. And like, for, for me as a female being this urban girl, who's brand new in Iowa, like it was weird. I wasn't welcomed at first, you know, yeah. it was like, and not to mention, I drove a bright yellow Volkswagen bug. <laughs> It was like, who is this girl from Kansas City, you know? And again, it was the end of the world when I was 18, but now mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for that. You know, I got past that and made friends that were in my wedding a few months ago. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's cool what life hands you. And if you can approach it with the right mentality, you can really gain something from all the struggles. Yeah, for sure. And skipping a couple of chapters, but staying on the soccer topic. So now you coach soccer and you coach um, like maybe middle school age girls, high school girls. Yeah. Okay. So I actually, I'm super blessed. I have two teams right now and one team is very competitive, very just, uh, I mean, they're little ballers, man. They're <laughs> freshmen and sophomores. Okay. And so they're, as you know, being a college player, they are approaching those critical years where recruiting is like, every it's a it's an everyday process like it's an everyday mm -hmm. thing for them so um I would say like we're very high level we're competitive we travel to be seen by college coaches we travel for higher competition uh we just got back well this August we went to Dallas for a showcase we have uh one on the books for St. Louis and then we play our regular league games in Kansas City so cool. they are you know and it's so crazy because I'm sure you can relate to this when we were being recruited years ago mm -hmm we weren't contacting coaches on Twitter. We weren't contacting coaches via, you know, social media. And now these girls, these athletes have that and it's crazy. So it's really rewarding for me as a coach to kind of assist them and help them navigate these waters of being recruited. It yeah. is wild, but it's also just like, so cool, so cool to watch them grow. And then I also have, um, seventh and eighth graders. So I have two okay. different teams. Um, and they still are a little bit on the innocent side and just love the game and just 
want to run around and everything. And we're getting pretty serious and competitive, but um, it's a blessing to me. Again, it just fills my cup to be able to give back, Mm -hmm. you know, the game of soccer did so much for me and molded me as far as who I am as a woman, a professional, you know, in my everyday life, so much of what I do is I credit to being an athlete. And so I feel the responsibility to give back and to pour back into young ladies and say like, Hey, the game did all this for me. If that's what you want, like the opportunities for them today are endless, you know, Kansas city with their women's team, the whole NWSL league, like, it's incredible to see if they want to keep playing, they have that opportunity. So I might be a little much, they're probably a little crazy. They think I'm a little crazy, but I'm like, <laughs> you can play for the U S women's team. You can play college. You And they're just like, coach, I'm just trying to make it to high school, <laughs> <laughs> but I just want them to know like the world they have, you know, they, the opportunities are endless. Yeah, it's definitely a different landscape than you're right. Than when we were um, like going into college and even I was telling my parents, I was like, when I got to, you know, my junior, senior year in high school, I wasn't even really thinking about playing soccer in college. I just kind of was like, oh crap, I should probably figure something out, you know? So I, I mean, I think there's good opportunities. I think having like the social media and stuff is good. Do you, um, do you kind of help them like I know that that can also be really stressful. One, being recruited is stressful, but two, like having to think about like your presence online and all of these things. What kind of, like, how do you kind of provide support through that if you're going to give them advice? No, for sure. It is. So first and foremost, I don't even know if I could hack it as a kid today. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could handle it with social media. I like feel some type of way sometimes when as an adult, like there's a social media comment or whatever you know and I feel like I have pretty tough skin and these little young ladies are so moldable and so just young and it's just like oh all I know is today's middle schoolers they don't have those ugly phases we're like we're like a mess all the things like these little girls watch YouTube channels and know how to do their makeup Mm. better than I do and I'm like oh my god like (laughs) stay young like please but um we talk about life on social media we talk about um sort of like hey you snap that photo once and you send it absolutely anywhere and just it it could be in anyone's hands at any second you know we talk about things like that and that's heartbreaking for me because Mm -hmm. they are just young ladies they are just young girls and it's just but you know we go the route of keeping everything private and Uh, you know, when it is directed at a college coach, we talk about using Twitter. We feel like that's a little bit less social, Mm -hmm. uh, one can hope, but, um, but yeah, you know, we also talk about, you know, Adriana French, who is from Salina, Kansas and is, you know, from our backyard and has made it to the U S women's national team and has made it to the NWSL for Kansas Mm -hmm. city. And so it's a little bit of a balance of, Hey, people like you are doing huge, big things. Like if you want to do that, here's what we have to do to get you there. And it does consist of setting up your recruiting profiles, you know, Mm -hmm. going to camps and college ID, you know, establishing those relationships with coaches and saying like, Hey, my name is Jillian. I am here and I want to play for you. Yeah. So it's, it's like this balance and then they're young. So you can't expect them to just get it, you know? So I try to model the best I can, um, when that, when that fits the mold, if you will. Um, and I also, you know, there, I'm very blessed with incredible families and incredible players. So we just have hard discussions, you know, we mm-hmm. just kind of keep it real with everything, with life, with, with development on the field, playtime, things like that. And I just feel like, if you can really, truly, if you, if at the end of the day, you want the best for those kids and gain their trust, you can have the opportunity to help them and mold them and guide them and, and, and make suggestions. So it's a lot, but if they're up for it and not everybody is, and that's okay, you know? Um, but if they're up for it, it the opportunities they have today are, are fantastic. So I try my best to, to get them in those rooms where they can be heard and be seen. Yeah, it's, it's a cool feeling for sure. 
Yeah, I love that. And fun fact, I actually played against Adriana French in high school. (laughs) Well, okay, let me tell you this. I played goalkeeper that year, senior year. Yeah. And um, she obviously played goalkeeper. I don't think the ball ever crossed onto her defensive side. (laughs) So fun fact. You were (laughs) I was there on the other end. Oh, that's so cool though. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. When I found out she was playing for the national team, I was like, you know, big time fan, you know, I'm like, come on, you gotta, gotta rep that hometown girl. Right. Yeah. And again, like just imagine like what that thought does for young girls today. Like, and we have other girls, you know, we have Macy Bell, who is a maze kid. She's at North Carolina. We have other kids. Bella Smith is only a sophomore right now out at, uh, Eisenhower and I mean she's already committed to Tennessee like she's doing some big things too so it's, yeah. it's really cool to see the trickle down effect and the growth of the game nationally but being that we're here in Wichita right now right in our backyard too it's, it's very very cool to see it yeah yeah I'm super excited to see it grow and there's so much interest in soccer now and women's soccer especially yeah. like I was even saying the other day I was like I don't even know if I could name any of the men on the U.S. men's team it's just because I'm so invested in the women's team who cares um, okay so okay you go to college play yeah. soccer get your teaching degree mm-hmm. how do you become a Chiefs cheerleader right <laughs> um so th- in high school actually taking it like way back to those days that I played tackle football mm-hmm. um I also was a cheerleader for the tackle, like for football too. So it was really funny because there's two divisions, heavyweight and lightweight. And so I played lightweight football and was a cheerleader for the heavyweight football. So awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. My parents were, they were, they had a big handful and I just kind of ran around, but, um, but yeah, so I was always a cheerleader. It was always a thing. Um, and I enjoyed it so much. There's a different type of bond that comes from uh, a team that is strictly performance mm-hmm. and not um, a traditional sport. And that's like a dicey situation right there, if you know what I'm saying, as oh, far yeah. um, activity versus competition versus athletic sport. You know, there's a, there's a lot of conversation surrounding that. Um, however, to, to get to your, back to your question, I think I was a cheerleader from the time I was probably in like third or fourth grade, um, all the way through to high school and in, in high school. Um, and I was very competitive with that as well. We would travel down. I don't know if you ever used to see the competitions that were on ESPN back in the day. Yeah. We loved it. You know, it was super cool. It was, um, just a really incredible experience to be part of such a large team and to be challenged in so many ways. And it was fun, you know, I enjoyed it. And so I always did that all the way through high school. Now, like I said earlier, when I got to like middle school, I knew I would, I was going to be a soccer player. Like Mm -hmm. that's how I knew where my head was and everything, but, but it never, um, you know, it, it never made me second guess or should I quit or anything like that? So, um, did it all obviously didn't do it in college. Um, because as a division one athlete, you sign your life away for that one sport. Yep. <laughs> um, so I played soccer and then I was really blessed. I came home from, um, from college and I jumped into teaching. And so I happened to teach at a school. It was called the Derek Thomas Academy. It was in Kansas city. Um, and I happened to meet a, uh, another teacher who was a current cheerleader. Wow. And so I met her and was like, oh my God, she's so cool. She's so driven. She has all these incredible friends. Like she's got it together. I just like wanted to learn more about the opportunity. And I was coach. So my first year teaching, I was just teaching, trying to like keep my head above water. Yeah. Second year teaching is when I added coaching to the plate and I loved it. And it got me back in the game that I missed so dearly and loved it. Third year is when I was like, yep, I'm ready for something else. And I attempted to make the squad and through, I have no idea, luck, blessings, all of the things I made it on my first, first attempt, which was kind of rare. Actually today is still pretty rare, but, um, I, I made it that year and I did six straight years and it was, I mean, I don't even have words to describe the experiences, um, just like the life enriching experiences I had there. It was incredible. So to get back to your question, I had the opportunity to meet one of the girls, 
um, that's how I was introduced to it. And, and like I said, I had a background obviously, so it kind of worked. They talked me into doing it and, um, I am forever grateful for that organization. Let me just say, Jillian, you don't do anything half-assed. Let's just say because <laughs> <laughs> truly, I mean, it's like you do it all. <laughs> I'm impressed. Um, so, okay. So cheering for the chiefs, like you said, there are, I mean, and with cheerleading, yeah, it's, it's actually a huge world. Um, even yeah. I know with like in, uh, you know, like for the NFL teams and stuff like that, there's a lot of more dancing elements and stuff like that to it. Whereas, you know, you have like competitive cheerleading where you're throwing people in the air and stuff like yeah. that. All sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay. <laughs> what, what did you enjoy about um, that the most? I feel like, I mean, you've got team camaraderie, you get to be on the field for Chiefs games. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. Um, what I enjoyed most, it was funny because what I, what, what brought me there, um, what intrigued me the most and what, um, the initial draw was, was really getting back involved in my community or, or just getting involved in the community in any type of way. But then also, like I mentioned this, this one teacher who I met, my co-teacher who I met, um, she was just, so cool. <laughs> like she had a, a great job. She was, you know, very, um, like loved by her, by her students and very good at her job. And she was an NFL cheerleader with all these amazing friends. You know, she was just, she was super fun, super great. And, and, and at the end of the day, like very loving. And those are all things that I was like, I want to be her friend. I want to try this. <laughs> yes. And at the time, as I mentioned earlier, most of my girlfriends stayed in the Kansas city ish area for college, whether it been KU, K state, uh, UMKC, some went to St. Louis, but they all came home after, I'm sorry, they all stayed home for college. And then after college, they all moved away. Well, I did the opposite. I went away for college and then moved home. So I got home and was like, all my girlfriends are gone. I met this cool teacher. I, she has a cool group of friends. I want to try it. What I loved initially was all the friends. And when I tell you some of the absolute best people I've ever met in the world, these women, it's just an upper echelon group of hardworking, professional, yet genuine people. And it was just like, I, I just want to be cool. Like you guys, <laughs> like, but then what kept me there? Cause you know, I said, I did six years. What kept me there was the growth I saw in myself. Um, and just the desire and passion to be competing at a high level again, you know, because it was to get on that squad was not a walk in the park. Like you have to come prepared physically, mentally, you have to study the game, you have to know the organization. I mean, we were handed two written exams, you know, 100 questions, fill in the blank, you know, sorry, 100 uh, multiple choice, 50 fill in the blank, and you have to know your stuff. So you can't Ooh. just kind of walk onto the field, right? You have to, you're interviewed by, um, organization members, former players, uh, reporters, community members, fans, all it is, it's a task. Um, and it is all in the name of just continuing to represent the Kansas City organization, the Chiefs organization. And so to do all that, like as I did my first year and finished it and was like, man, I think I could be even better. I'm going to try it again. You know, you have to try out again every year and you're expected to grow. You're expected to develop. Um, but the growth I saw in myself, I think, is what kept me there that long. Um, and then just the opportunities to give back. You know, we we would give back to our military. Um, the appearances in the community were so rewarding. You know, children's hospitals and homeless shelters and food kitchens, um, but also just like teachers and nurses, like us going there and just saying thank you. You know, spending time with the community members, like all of those things. I just felt so blessed to be able to do those, to call them work. Um, and again, I'm one that loves striving for that next goal, you know, reaching the next milestone. What can I be? How can I be better version of myself? And those were all the things that were expected of us as Kansas City Chiefs cheerleaders. So uh, I don't have enough words to say about it. Uh, <laughs> the game days, the friends, um, the mentors, the opportunity to give back to your community, 
which the travel, we went to Germany and in seven days went to seven different military bases just to spend time and say thank you. Like the opportunities were really, really cool. So um, I don't know. There's so many things I liked about it. I hope that share. I hope yeah. that little picture. No, that's awesome. So one thing that I find, I don't know, personally, I find kind of cool, but also maybe an area for growth is the cheerleading teams or spirit squads for these uh, professional football teams. I think that like, it was cool is that the people that are doing that, like are doing it because they love to do it. They're there, like having a good time and trying to be a part of, you know, cheering up the crowd, cheering up their team, supporting their team, supporting the community, like you said. But I know that there's like a big difference between being a football player and being a cheerleader. Like you said, you had to take exams and be interviewed yeah. by all these people. If you're just like a good football player, like you don't have to do any of that. So yeah. it's not even to say, you know, not definitely not to throw Kansas City under the bus or any NFL team, really. It's just that's the, the way it is. How would you like to see some of that? I don't know, even out a little bit more. Yeah, no, I think I appreciate that because there is such a wild difference. Um, and, you know, it, it probably expands beyond NFL. I would mm-hmm. throw NBA in there as well. For sure. Um, but yeah, I think um, first and foremost, everyone, like the first question I always get is like, well, you don't get paid for that, do you? Like, why do you do it? So no, no you know, we absolutely got paid for everything that we did. There was not never a moment that we were not being paid. Um, but that's the, the one that people are just like, well, they get paid millions and you get yeah. paid. And, so, and it's like, listen, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to represent the organization and to be in my community. But there were so many other, there the monetary benefits, the monetary kind of kickback is not why I know, it's not why I did it or any of my girlfriends. But I also remind you that, you know, I was a teacher, you know, I wasn't doing that for the paycheck. You know, I'm in TV. <laughs> we both know we're not in TV for the paycheck. Um, and so, Although the salaries are different, if you will, um, I would venture to say the experiences are not that different. I would venture to say that what what myself and maybe an NFL player get out of the experience working for the Chiefs is pretty darn similar. Um, But but yeah, I mean, I would love to see I appreciate and I'm biased because I've only worked for the Chiefs organization. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to be uh, a diverse group being being put um kind of in the limelight if you will and that's something that like I've always been super proud of the Chiefs organization for being a very good representation um of our community and beyond and I don't know if you've seen recently that there are male cheerleaders on multiple squads and so just being inclusive there um it is something that I I would I believe should be thought through I believe that should be um, uh, an important piece that is valued by the organizations. But um, but yeah, I really don't have anything to complain about as far <laughs> as being a part of that. I wouldn't have done it six years in a row if I didn't love it, you know? Right. Now, don't get me wrong, it was hard. But sometimes the hard is what made it good, mm-hmm. you know? Sometimes that knowing that like 350 women auditioned for the spot that I got on this squad and there's 33 of us, like- holy smokes, you know? And, and and so again, I go back to all of the ways it poured into my life to be honest and very personal for a second. Like it changed the trajectory of my career because I had some specific opportunities within the organization that sparked an interest in me to learn more about the world of TV. And it's an interest in me to learn and actually try my hand in broadcast. And I'll be real honest with that the opportunities I had there are a huge reason why, you know, four years later, I'm the host of, of a lifestyle, lifestyle entertainment television show on NBC, you know? So, um, again, the, the benefits that I've received are holy smokes, indescribable. Um, and it was always nice to, you know, again, I, I guess I brought that up cause I get that question most. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say that our experiences are probably pretty similar. Um, they probably have more opportunities for the fun because we only got to practice twice a week and then had the games on the weekends. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I, 
I would again like to see, I guess, even more um, diverse representation mm -hmm. um, across all the squads. Um, I think that would be an improvement for sure. Um, and I think that could go NBA, NFL. Um, yeah. And then just more of them, because I don't know if everybody's aware that every NFL team does not have a cheer squad. I didn't know um, that. Yeah. So what, last time I checked, there were still seven without them. Wow. Um, and in my time in, in the league, if you will, um, I think the Lions added theirs so for the, so for the first, they had them for the first time, maybe a few years ago. Um, but yeah, so maybe more of them, because I just, I do think it's an incredible thing and opportunity mm -hmm. to expand the game into the fans and into the community a bit more. And I think it's an opportunity for people who are old, washed up athletes that still want to go <laughs> professional. <laughs> That was me for sure. No, I do. I agree with you. I think that's awesome. I think, I mean, these are huge organizations. I mean, the NFL itself and then each of these teams, I think it would be so cool to add that. I think it's a great opportunity to even diver diversify because we don't see a lot of opportunities. I mean, when you're playing in the NFL, you're a damn good football player. So this gives you opportunities to be a part of that. So that's yeah. cool. Okay, so another question I have regarding the Chiefs. This is like, I didn't know you played football until you just mentioned. Did that provide a special connection, do you feel, um, oh, yeah. by being on the sideline of those football games? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, when I tell you, like, the cheerleaders that you see down on the field, like, I, don't, I can't speak for every single one of them, you know, every day, uh, every year, but like, you have to love the game. Like you have to love it. You have to know the game and you have to be able to understand obviously the offense defense, but you, I mean, you have to understand like if they're in the red zone, like you are in harm's way, <laughs> you know, you have to understand the game, the, the flow of the game, um, rules of the game, you know, like I can't do it right now, but when I was on the squad, we were quizzed, tested during our audition on the referee hand signals. So like, oh, wow. we had to tell like what everything meant. Like it, it was a lot. So yeah, you have to be invested. Um, but I think for me personally, um, being an athlete that did play the game, then getting to see it on this huge stage, I think it was probably a, maybe a little unique for me, like, like that desire and love to be down there is probably a little different. And, you know, a lot of the the women I cheered with in my six years were competitive dancers. So where I was very competitive in soccer, they were very competitive dancers. And so for them, obviously, you know, the huge stage of the NFL is super cool for them too. So I'm not taking for anything sure. away from them, but being someone who put the pads on and put the helmet on and, you know, played the game. Yeah. It was probably a little bit of, um, elevated enjoyment and excitement for me when I got to go watch you know so that's cool uh were your were your brothers like hey hook me up with tickets as soon as you started <laughs> so that is something that is super cool one thing that you do get is you get your you get season tickets so uh, I loved it you know, again for six years um, whether it be family or friends or boyfriends or whatever like knowing someone was in the stands and to this day, forever and always, and it makes me emotional. My favorite memory of my six years ever was standing um, on the goal line. We used to go out to the goal line and do the, um, and oh my gosh, and the national anthem, excuse me. Um, so one of my absolute favorite memories ever, six years of cheering was being on the goal line during the national anthem. And I could look up and I could see my parents. Don't know why, whatever reason, why that game, I was able to see them and I could make eye contact with them. And I could see like how my, my mom was just beaming and my father was very ill at the time. And it was, it was just a tough time for our family, but he was there and I was, oh my gosh, it was the best ever. So, so the season tickets, knowing that I had loved ones in the, in the stands there for me too, like, it was cool. It was just a really nice added bonus. Yeah, that's so cool. That's actually super special. And like, I, I know that feeling like no matter what sport you play, no matter what you're doing, and especially when it's hundreds of thousands, or I guess tens of thousands of people watching this, this game, and your people are in there. So like, that's, 
Yeah, that's amazing. That's cool. Yeah, that was always so cool. You know, like when I was a teacher and my students were there or their parents or my soccer players or anybody like, hey, we saw you at the game. And like, to me, it was never like, oh, cool. You came to see, me. you know, like it wasn't that, but it was just like, that's just the power of sport to me Yeah, because this game, it's literally a game. It's a game of football can bring together 90,000 community members and unite them with pride and excitement and joy. And like I mentioned for the better part of my six years on the squad, my dad was really ill and um, we had, we had really tough times, but like when we got to Arrowhead, you're like, you forget about that, you know, you just have the best time ever. And you're just in this kind of little world where the chief's kingdom, everything is, you know, maybe not always great on the field, but (laughs) as of late, um, but that's the coolest thing to me, as far as being a, um, an athlete or a coach, or even just, you could be a, a, you know, casual fan, like the power of sport is incredible for reasons like that. So, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I guess it's also really cool that, um, you like you were just a teacher like I mean not just a teacher but you know you were a teacher like you were and and there so for these kids that their parents yeah. are like cheese fans or their cheese fans and they're just like oh that's my teacher and like it probably is the same for the rest of the um, women that were on the squad with you as well they all had yes. like other jobs right yes yes so I will cool. tell you what that's like one of the most the things I'm like most proud to do and say is just just brag on my teammates I mean there were doctors lawyers nurses teachers mothers um you name it like everyone on that squad had a story and a, a career and um were like badasses in their own environment you know what I mean yeah. and I think that's, that's also just like another piece that's like, makes me so proud to be a part of that mm-hmm. is that, um, they could do this on Sunday, but you know, Monday through Friday, they were an attorney or yeah. you know whatever it is. It's, it's, it's so, so cool. But yeah, to your point, like they got to go back to their kind of networks, if you will, and, and celebrate as well. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's a testament. That's something that I will definitely re- think about when I watch football games uh, and I see those cheerleaders it's like to me that means a lot because it means that you really wanted to be there that you took the time to want to be there you want to be a part of it you want to be you know that's showing your support in the community as well as giving back to the community through being a teacher or a nurse or a doctor that's really cool that's really cool yeah, yeah. um so so from the chiefs you uh what made you decide to kind of um stop doing that and did you just go straight into journalism after that or yeah it is like i know it's been like a weird story but it gets weirder um but it's my story and i'm proud of it but uh it's certainly atypical so i was a teacher as mentioned um and was a coach and a chiefs cheerleader at the time and as i've kind of alluded to a couple times uh my father was very ill we ended up losing him and so it was a really tough time thank you it was it was tough. It was very difficult for our family, for myself, for, for everyone. Um, I finished the school year. He is a 26 year Navy veteran and he passed on veterans day. So November 11th. So I finished that school year. Um, and honestly, I just like reevaluated everything at that moment. Like I stepped back and just was like, like you just, you just, it's a life altering moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I stepped back reevaluated and made the decision to step away from the classroom. I was almost done with my master's degree of uh, athletic administration. I just had to do my practicum, Um, but I stepped away and it was just like, man, like I want more, I wanna do more. And losing him um, and experiencing that, you know, just shook, shook me (laughs) to my core. And so it was just like, okay, so, you know, if you're going to live your life the way you want to live it, you know, you got to start doing that. And as much as I loved education and feel very blessed to be an educator for many years, um, it, it got less and less about the children and more and more about like adult issues and testing and scores and things like that. So it really wasn't what I wanted anymore. So, he passes, I finish the school year. And um, that next summer is huge for Kansas City. And it's huge for Kansas City soccer. So every professional team in Kansas City that year, sporting Kansas City in MLS. Um, today, it's known as the KC Current, but it was formerly FC Kansas City. They won their NWSL championship and our men's MASL team, which is the arena team equivalent to 
Wichita Wings. Okay. They all three won their respective championships. So for soccer and for Kansas City, it was just crazy. Um, we were deemed the soccer capital of America that summer. And also the U.S. women's national team chose Kansas City to come play and to come practice and train. So I just had this like, these were all the signs I needed that like, if I ever wanted to break into broadcast and sports broadcast, like now is the time to do it. So mm -hmm. I left the classroom and I went to, it's a little bit of a unique relationship, but FC Kansas City and the Kansas City Comets used to be owned by the same group. So okay. I marched my butt into that office and was like, hello, I know you know me. I coach in your area. You know, yes, I was a cheerleader. Yes, I still was a cheerleader, actually. Um, and I work for the team. But I think that you need a broadcast intern. You need a journalism intern. You need a reporter. And they were like, you're crazy. We're not going to pay you a dime. But if you keep coming around, like, okay, we'll let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am. You know, I walked away from my my income, you know, my, uh, job where I was a tenured teacher. Um, I was still coaching and I was cheering, but like clearly not, you know, a career at that right. point. And I said, this is what you need and I'm going to do it. And I just worked my butt off and was basically a beat reporter for both teams. Um, and honestly, when I was there, the coach that I was covering, he coached both teams. His name was Vladko Andonovsky. And Vladko Andonovsky is now the head coach of the U.S. women's national team. That's awesome. So when I tell you it was the right time to make that, take that huge risk on myself and make that jump, like I was so blessed. And I think I felt like I was now, I feel like I was rewarded for making that really brave move. Mm -hmm. um, and so not to bore you, but long story short, I weaseled my way into um, more opportunities with broadcast with the Chiefs as well. Um, I was a part of a project. I hosted the project that uh, we won an Emmy. Um, so that was really another moment of like that catapulted me into like, no, go after this career, like go after it. And so um, it came in a very atypical way, but my broadcast career developed there. And I, uh, from there actually, retired from, from cheer. Um, I did a lot of work on a, uh, it was KCTV five, mm -hmm. which you probably know, but, um, on a similar show to the one good day, Kansas that I was on here, um, and just continued to grow and be exposed to opportunities to get better and being challenged and, you know, did some good things here and there and caught some attention. Um, and then earned a position there and, you know, just kind of I'm giving you cliff notes version here, but, <laughs> um, but eventually made the bittersweet decision to step away from the chiefs. And I became the sideline reporter and broadcast host for sporting Kansas city in cool. MLS on Fox sports Casey. So that was really, really cool. Um, you know, that was at that point I had been the, with the chiefs for eight years and I loved every second of it, but now it's like, okay, I'm committing to my career. This is my sport. This is mm -hmm. my city. Um, we had an incredible year. We won the, uh, open cup, the tournament, um, did really well. Again, was continued to grow in my career. And then all of a sudden budget cuts came. Oh, that's whack. It was, it was tough. I'll tell you what it was tough because I was the sideline reporter, which meant I needed to be on the sideline. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, they cut, they, they just flat out said, we don't have the budget for a traveling broadcast any longer. And so, you know, there was my position. So it was tough. Um, but it led me to, and I'm just like going through it here. So you can stop me whenever, <laughs> but it led me to radio. Um, and I had a really cool opportunity there and did some things. Um, and that's a whole nother art. You might oh, think yeah. that it's like, and, and you're probably experiencing that now with what you're doing, which is so cool and podcasting. Um, but it was another kind of, okay, now I have to learn this medium, you know, mm -hmm. Um, where content might be similar, just the whole delivery, everything's different, but loved it. Um, was still trying to find some success here and there. And that is when I learned of the opportunity in Wichita, um, obviously on NBC to, to start a brand new lifestyle entertainment show. And that's, um, that's what got me here. And so I jumped at that, at that opportunity because it wasn't too far away. I could mm -hmm. still be involved with the chiefs. I could still, you know, be in Kansas city. Um, but it was a 
I got to start the program. Like it was very, so so again, very atypical journey, (laughs) but that's mine. (laughs) No, I love that actually. Like I can definitely relate. I worked in journalism and then I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. And I went back on my master's and now I'm an engineer. So I totally understand. Yeah. And it's, you know, I've always said that I just love like connecting with people that have a lot of different um, chapters. And I feel like that's, I mean, like the definition of your life. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you what. And it's so cool too, because it, when you're in it, like I like to be in it, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's like, I can't imagine myself in any other situation, but then you get to this kind of crossroads or end of the chapter, if you will. And you're like, okay, I'm closing that. I don't know how the next one is going to top that chapter, but you just have to be like hopeful and up for it. Right. And so, because teaching everything I ever wanted to do when I was young was be a teacher and be a coach. And I, and I just put my head down and went to it, you know, and Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved every minute of it, but then I was like, no, 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 now I want to do this. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and like I said, it's, um, so far I've just been blessed with the right people around me. And, um, just the attitude of, of diving headfirst into every opportunity, because you don't know when the next one's going to come. And you also don't know the potential for the current one, you know? And so a lot of people thought I was crazy for leaving Kansas city to come to Wichita because the market size and, you know, Mm -hmm. but I tell you what, these four years, absolutely incredible, you know? Um, and this is going to be a hard chapter to, to, to top. So I'm putting that one on my husband. He's going to have to work on topping the next one. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But, no big yeah. deal. No pressure yeah, or anything. No pressure. No pressure. But this one has been pretty incredible. And, you know, I, we didn't even talk about like wind surge and working with exactly. the team here. It's There's just been so many, um, again, like there's so much opportunity. If you just, if you look for it and have an open mind of, okay, if I'm willing to work for it and, and it can be mine, like, let's go, you yeah. know? So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. I think one thing that I notice about you and like this whole conversation is just like your attitude towards everything is just like, it never crosses your mind that like, it's not possible. Right. Like, it's just like, I want to do it. I think you guys need this reporter. And they're like, okay, <laughs> okay. what, um, you know, for people that are, especially younger people, I think that it gets overwhelming, you know, it's like, uh, or even well, people will talk to me and be like, well, was it scary to switch careers? And I'm like, oh, not really. You know, it was just what I wanted to do is what I was, you know, I was, said I was going to do. I did it. So yeah. what would, what would you say to people that might feel overwhelmed by that big change? Yeah, it is. I will tell you, when I did leave teaching, when I did step away, first of all, it took me, as I mentioned, I was a teacher. So, you know, you leave school in May and then you're supposed to go back in August. Well, it took me a good month and a half to actually like be brave enough to say like, no, I'm going to do this. Like I'm diving in, you know, I'm going from pretty tenured career to intern, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it took me a while to commit Um, and there were nights where I was like, what did I just do? You know, I've got my bills coming and I don't have my regular paycheck coming. You know, there were so many moments of questioning. There was imposter syndrome, like crazy, like you crazy person. What did you just do? All of that. Um, but I, I just, I really, at the end of it, I just, I believed in myself. Um, and I had people around me and that is going to be essential. You have to be in the right rooms and you have to consciously seek out mentors that will pour into you and people that you want to be like, and you want to be in their industry, but then also people who are just going to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. people who are going to keep it real and, and, and tell you information that you might not want to hear, but it's going to make you better. So I think if you're a young person or really to your point, anywhere, and want to change your career or have thoughts about it, I think you have to do your homework ahead of time and Mm -hmm. make sure the opportunity, even if it's just this tiny itty bitty little door that's cracked slightly, if it's there, like you run through it with everything that you have. And then the other part for me was like, once I committed, there was no going back. Yes. Like 
there was no going back ever. I knew like I'm moving forward. I could be moving as slow as possible, but I'm moving forward mm-hmm. and I'm not looking back. So it was a lot, but as you've experienced, if you believe in yourself and you know, at the end of the day, again, we kind of talking cliff note version here, the work that you put in, the amount of work and sacrifice you're willing to put in is directly related to the level of, of success you will reach. Mm-hmm. I will never, ever forget my father's words. Always be the hardest worker in the room. Don't have to be better than people. Mm-hmm. You always have to be the hardest worker in the room. Yeah. There's, there's just no exception. So you have to be up for it. That's for sure. Um, but then again, I also just, I, I love the fact that I was very old, I would say for a new person in TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to where I wanted to be because I never gave up. I believed in myself and I put in the work. That's so cool. That's great advice too. I love that. Um, so your next chapter, I don't know that you've actually released any details. You don't have to necessarily do that, but what are you looking forward to in the next chapter? No, I appreciate that. There's some announcements that will come. Um, I appreciate you kind of understanding that, but the one thing that I, um, I'm super grateful for now, I'm no longer, um, I'm now part of a team. I now have a husband. Um, and so something that he brings to the table is just like this youthful, like zest for life. He is just so good at like living life. And whereas thus far in my life, I thought that I was living and and don't get me wrong. I've done some incredible things, but everything I always did was like, my career was my first priority. Absolutely. No questions asked. Something that he is so good at is like, just remembering to just like, sometimes like, just go have fun. Like, just put it to the side. Work will be there tomorrow just go have fun. He is just so good at that. <laughs> um, he's good at a lot of other things too. And he is very <laughs> professional. He'd kill me if I didn't say that, but, um, but so my next adventures, um, I am excited to continue to evolve and grow, but like bring that new element into everything. So have a badass career and love life and reach all your goals. But like, remember that your husband will plan a trip randomly. And that means you actually have to take a day off of work. (laughs) Yes. And so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but like, I'm going to have to learn that. And so um, again, I think if you're evolving and growing, life is good. And that is something that I'm going to have to learn how to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get that. Like my sister, you are describing her right now. Like she moved to South Carolina. I'll come visit and I'll be like, I'm expecting you to not take any days off. Like I'll just hang out while you're working. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things. It. It's like a blessing and a curse, you know? Yeah. But, um, but that's, I guess that's why you find somebody who is a little different than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so to, to answer your question, I'm very excited about some things that are coming out fairly soon. Um, but also just really excited to, to, to do what I love and do what I'm good at, but bring in this whole element of like, like there's life outside of your career, yeah. you know? And so that's something that I'm going to have to learn and grow into, but I'm up for it. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Um, one other thing that I wanted to ask is um, I saw, I think it's on your bio on Instagram. It's like your girl's biggest cheerleader or something like that. It's like, what? Yeah, I think it's um, your girl's hype girl. Yes, there you go. Okay, there you go. Okay. I, okay. I love that. I knew we would be friends when I saw that. Okay. <laughs> so, um, tell me about how important it is to you to have this, like, I don't know, sisterhood or like, just be there for, for the other women in your life. Yeah, I can't. Um, it's like this, it's just so important. Number one, it's just so important that women support women, that girls support girls, that ladies support ladies and that women support women. Um, and I'm not, I I wouldn't consider myself like this and I don't sound, I don't want it to sound derogatory. I wouldn't consider myself a feminist. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say there's so much joy 
in my world because of women who have supported me and championed me and celebrated me. And it's just infectious when it's done correctly. And another thing is um, every step that I've taken up the ladder has been because of a really strong, badass woman. I didn't realize that at first. Like I never realized that, you know, I played this game of soccer and I had male coaches and I loved them and was so grateful for them. And they made me the player I was. And I'm so, so grateful for that. And I don't really even know when it started for me, but like when I realized like my teammates make me better, my teammates were always girls, you know, my classmates I'm, and I'll tell you like, (laughs) I was definitely a tomboy growing up. Like I am the epitome of a tomboy. Like I didn't even, even in high school, like I wasn't social. I was just weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like sports were my life and, and school and whatever. But um, some of my best memories are like, like my teammates, you know, it's always women. And there've been, I'm kind of getting scatterbrained here. I'm sorry, but there've just been so many major things in my life that have come to me because of the work that I've done as part of a team of women. Um, and, you know, we've talked about a lot of them, you know, what, you know, in soccer, we were really blessed. We had three state championships, um, and, you know, in college, again, like conference tournaments and things like that. Um, Chiefs is a huge reason for me that I am aware of the power of a bond between women. And so much of it is just because of like what the world wants us to be, which is enemies mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, I would say the most heightened experiences for me with supporting women and supporting each other came from NFL cheerleading. And, and when I tell you 350 women are all vying for a spot and there's 33, um, you'd think it would be a cat fight, right? Yeah. But the experience at the auditions are women cheering each other on, women saying, oh my God, let me fix your hair real quick because you look a hot mess right now. Or, hey, you forgot this. Do you need this? Like, did you, you know, hey, can I help you study for your football test? Things like that. That's all it was for six years for me That's with so cool. NFL cheerleading. Um, and then there's this other one, actually, there's just so many amazing women in my life. Danny Welniak is yeah, a name I bet you know very well. She's a huge reason why I committed to breaking into broadcast. Um, didn't have to at all. Didn't know me at all. Didn't, she could have been like, girl, you're crazy. But she inspired and mentored me and really gave me quite the push to go jump into to broadcast. She's a huge reason. My coach at Chiefs, at Kansas City Chiefs Cheerleaders, the director, um, her name is Stephanie Judah. She is, I can't even explain um, the impact she's had on my life as far as development of a woman who supports other women and expects that from every woman she comes in contact with. Um, and then there's just one story I'll, I kind of want to wrap with, but yeah. um, I used to coach. I told you this, I still coach. Um, I have incredible kids in my life, you know, incredible parents. Um, we played pretty much like three seasons, fall, winter, spring, take a little bit of break, have tryouts and then go out again, fall, winter, spring. Well, I had one group that was so cool and wanted to play every day of the week, every month of the year. Um, and they wanted to do some stuff over the summer. And I was like, cool, let's do this. You know, we found like a four V four tournament, And we entered and only like six kids entered, not the whole team. Um, And it was like a day long thing. And so you go out and it was really cool because you play the tournament and then you get like a ticket to go watch sport in Kansas City play. And so six of my kids wanted to do it. I said, hey, does anybody want to do it? We had interest. Six kids did it. It was perfect. Um, So we went out and played and these competitive little girls played really well and didn't win the championship game. And I have this photo I'll never forget. And there are these cute little things with pink things in their hair and pink socks and pink shoes and the sour faces, like how, <laughs> because they didn't win, but um, they're just competitive kids. But, you know, we, we got them together and we all said, okay, we'll see you at the game. And one mom turned around and came back to me and she handed me an envelope. And I was so confused and I, I was just like, oh, thanks. I thought it was like a card or something. And she was just said, thanks so much. We'll see you at the game. Um, and I didn't think anything of it. Well, she took it upon herself to write me a check. So she paid me 
for my time with her daughter and this five other kiddos on a Saturday to play. I never expected this, but she made a point of pouring into me a young female coach who is pouring into her kids. And that woman's name is Angie Long. And Angie Long is one of the owners of the Kansas City Current. So it's women like Angie Long, who years ago had no, she didn't have to pay me. You know, she had no reason to do that, but she believes in women and she believes in women supporting women. And she wanted me, a young female coach, to be appreciated and valued and paid for my time. And, and to be honest, like that story, that moment, like I get goosebumps thinking about it and sharing it because it just shows if there are enough Angie Longs in the world, there are enough women who want to pour into me, who wants to pour into her daughter, mm-hmm. like that cycle is, is unstoppable. And I just, I just think that it is so cool. And again, she didn't have to do that at all. And she said, no, I'm paying you for your time and I'm paying you for what you're doing for my daughter because I want you to keep doing things like this. You know what I mean? So to to get to your point about women supporting others, um, it just has to be something that happens. You know, it's the evidence is there that the magic that does happen when women support each other. um, And it's starting to really, um, I hate to say like this, this movement has, has caught wind and caught momentum because it's more than a movement to me. It's just how life should be lived. Yeah. And, but it's really, it's not going to happen without the Angie Longs, without you sharing women's voices who are in sports, you know, and without us pouring into younger generations. So it's just so critical. Um, and it's so cool. You know, you see things like the WNBA and the NWSL and mm-hmm. the women's national team, I think are incredible, just icons as far as who you can be as, as female sports, as female athletes, excuse me. So it's just so cool. And again, it's, we need those platforms that amplify female voices. We need them so badly. And, and they're everywhere now, you know, they're coming along and they're growing and it's so cool. You know, I, I wish I could be an athlete in today's world, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a female athlete in today's world, but we can stay involved. Right. And we can continue to grow the game and, and, um, and just support the movement, I guess. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you for that. And I, that is an incredible story. I love that so much. Like, look at, I, it's truly, you're the most interesting person I've ever met. No. <laughs> I told you that the other day. I was like, you are the most no. interesting person. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. So. I just have been in some pretty cool rooms with some incredible people. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that says a lot about you too. You're pretty cool. (laughs) So, well, awesome. Well, I, you know, I, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me. Um, I'm super excited for your next chapter and hopefully we can stay in contact and, you know, stay in each other's corner. So, yeah, no, I feel like that's, that's the biggest thing. You can always sit with me. You can always, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to keep those connections and you have to keep those um, relationships, but you'll see me a little bit in Wichita here and there. So not without giving it away, but, um, but yeah. And, and shout out to you for doing this. And like I said, creating a platform um, for other women, for women's voices to be heard because it needs to happen. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you again so much, Jillian, for being on and thank everyone for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Bye.